And we're live for another episode of Athletic Insights. Athletic Insights is a resource for youth coach organizations, parents, young athletes, but also an opportunity to talk to healthcare professionals in the area. And we're joined here tonight by uh, Ashley Hill and Steve Pedham of Podium. Ashley, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, Zach. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming back. Both of you, Steve, how are you? Good, good. Just finished working for the day. It's nice and sunny outside. Gotta love it. For sure. It's beautiful out. And Ashley just got off the, uh, the course in order to do this with us. So uh, don't honk your horn, but thanks, uh, thanks for being here. Why don't, uh, <laughs> Ashley, why don't you take a moment here just to just quickly introduce yourself. Um, Steve, same thing. And then let's get into your new venture of Podium Health. All right. So again, I'm always, uh, it's always a privilege to get to connect with you two and collaborate and discuss amazing topics. So thank you so much, Zach, for the invite. Um, my name's Ashley Hill. I'm a certified athletic therapist, registered kinesiologist, sports first responder, and the owner of Podium Sports Therapy and Wellness Center in Brockville for four and a half years now. And I have the privilege of working day to day with the lovely Steve Craig. Mm-hmm. That comes to me. So uh, I'm Steve Craig Petham. I'm a physiotherapist at Podium, as Ashley just sang. Uh, and honestly, the best part of the day is when we, the three of us, Zach, Ashley, myself, get to chat about the world and all that's right and wrong with it. And um, it, uh, that's why we decided to do this podcast together. Yeah, we're, we're certainly an opinionated bunch, and, and maybe uh, sometimes <laughs> we, we get each other going, but uh, I think we do good things with it. So Exactly. Productive. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's new to me, but I'm really excited to, to kind of watch this next venture that you two are, are uh, starting up unfold. So, Ashley, you want to just tell us a little bit about where your idea for, idea for Podium Health came from and what you uh, now have launched? Yeah, so it all kind of started whenever um, Podium, the physical Podium closed down. It was something, seriously, like I've been in business now, researching business before four and a half years, but in business myself for for over four and a half, and all of a sudden your business is just forced to close, and the doors are shut, and you're doing really well, things are going along smooth, and then boom, all of a sudden you, um, you're blindsided, so you kind of, you have two choices, right? You can either um get upset about it which which you know we all experience different emotions but you can get upset about it or you can do something about it choose to find opportunity and choose to grow um so that's what we kind of did so we realized that whenever we physically closed we had an amazing following of clients and it was harder to serve them so we had to figure out what to do and what we've been realizing even physically when we were opening is that there's there's some miscommunication when it comes to the healthcare, especially when all of a sudden we're forced to physically close the doors, right? And you're not allowed to easily access your doctor or your emergency room um, or hospital anymore. So, like, what do we do? So, Steve and I and Zach, we've, we've all collaborated on different things that are wrong with our healthcare, and how can we how can we seriously help our community, help our current clientele, help each other? So Podium Health came about when Steve and I were discussing how do we educate our community? So something that is maybe um, miscommunicated is the fact that our beliefs, our belief system with the uh, with healthcare, for example, when it comes to the general pub- public, like God love my family. I love them all. I'll forever say this. But 
coming from the background of farmers and just you have that tough mentality right so even though you're hurting you're still you may not consult your doctor you're not going to go see your therapist you're going to push through it until that eventually goes away so Steve and I have created Podium Health we call it the Podium Health Connection and what that does is it educates the general public on their health and well-being but accurately sending them information that they want to know about their bodies and about the healthcare system and how they can access it easily and effectively so that's how Podium Health was born. It's not launched yet. It's very new. We continue to collaborate on the subject every single day, changing things, growing things, with innovation, web page. It's a lot of stuff we're learning. Um, so we're hoping to launch that within the next couple months. Very cool. And Steve, did you have anything to add or did Ashley do a, a good job there? She did a very good job actually about getting into all the different avenues there. So essentially, yeah, we're, we're kind of in the, uh, the thick of it and the grinding phase of things where we're trying to get everything kind of uh, fine-tuned, ready to go. But like she was saying, the website's getting close to being done, and we're going to finalize all the details of everything else. There's going to be a few different uh, avenues that we're going to try to go down, but the main thing we're trying to do is educate the general public, as she was saying, about common conditions, about the, the misconceptions of you know how injuries and how pain actually works and all that kind of stuff. And then the next step will be then to uh, help people find credible um, clinics in their area, which we'll eventually touch on further once we've finalized details, but that's kind of the, the next step of the podium health. Absolutely. And that's, that's a very exciting. Um, next thing I have for you, Ashley, obviously things are going to change a little bit. Um, the general, like the public is, there's a lot of general questions, like what will a clinic look like? Um, with your experience getting ready to reopen podium, what, what do you think we can expect in terms of, um, you know, those, those visits to Podium and, and other uh, clinics in the area? What's going to change? What looks different? So I, I ask that the community bears with us as we try to navigate the, the unknown together, but we're kind of piggybacking off of public health guidelines, what every, what every other business is doing, what our colleges are telling us and informing us. We are following the rules. So we're kind of toying with the idea of, you know, maybe our waiting room doesn't exist anymore and people wait in their vehicles and we come out and get them or we call them and ask them to come in. Uh, we'll have signs posted everywhere. There will be cleaning supplies for clients, for staff, everywhere in every room. Um, we've got personal protective equipment for the therapist and for our customers, the plexiglass, the whole nine yards. So I think any anything that whenever businesses are doing their due diligence, whatever that is, we are doing the exact same thing. Um, it's going to be different. It's going to be different for clients. It's going to be different for staff. Uh, we just, you know, ask that everyone communicates, works together. And uh, like I always say, you know, I'll never put someone in a position that they're not comfortable with. Right. So if not ready to come back to work, right, then, then that's more than uh, more than understandable. And same with clients. Like if they're not ready to go out in public or come into the clinic yet, then that's totally their choice as well. And I'll never make someone uncomfortable that way. Um, so I just think it's more so a communication thing, doing your due diligence, following the guidelines and seeing how it goes. Absolutely. Very well answered. Thank you, Ashley. We're going to switch gears here a little bit and I'm going to pose this question to Steve, but Ashley, as an athletic therapist, you're obviously able to jump in whenever you'd like. Um, so Steve, for the Q and a, we got a lot of questions about shoulder injuries and impingement. Mm -hmm. Um, right. And it seems, it seems, uh, there is obviously lots of different nuances to the healthcare system but specifically um a lot of guys my age and your, and your age and Ashley's age have reached out to me and they've been asking about um essentially their overdeveloped pectoral muscles causing shoulder impingements 
Um, you know, it's, it's, like, it's a very simple, a very simple problem, but you know, culture and society and egos. And, you know, when I was playing yeah. football, I was benching three times a week for far too long. So I'm just as guilty as everyone else. But, um, I mean, like you, I've taken the time to fix my overhead mobility and work on some of these types of things. So, um, coming yeah. from a physiotherapist, you know, where do you start and, and how can, some, how can they get a head start at home? I think really the big thing for really any injury, but specifically definitely for the shoulder is you have to try to find your imbalances. Um, the, the issue though, too, going even further back is people associate pain with damage, right? Mm-hmm. So people say, Oh, I have pain in my shoulder. So I have a pinched nerve or I have a torn rotator cuff or I've got impingement or uh, they go through the list of different things that could be. And that's not actually necessarily the case. Um, you can have like severe pain and no damage at all, but you have a, a system that's become sensitive to certain positions or certain loads or whatever. So you have to try to figure that out. And, and it is a very challenging thing because the shoulder is so complex, but you can start from a point of looking at your physical imbalances, whether it's lack of mobility, in certain directions or lack of strength in certain rotations mm-hmm. or elevations uh, as you're just saying, if they're in a gen- benching all the time, typically they'll have a huge imbalance of strength from one way to another way. And, you know, the rotator cuff doesn't, uh, doesn't, doesn't do you any favors in, say, the, the, at the beach, right, versus like the pecs and the, the delts and all that kind of stuff. But your rotator cuff is one of those important uh, set of muscles in your shoulder. Um, if you don't have that functioning properly and have it nice and strong, you're going to lead to issues. Um, so you have to try and find your, um, just your imbalances and yeah. that's, that's kind of tricky to do yourself. It's really hard to be objective on yourself. hundred percent. So getting assessed is a lot obviously easier, right? But that's kind of the thing, big thing right there. Im- Can I add to Absolutely. that, Steve? Yeah. Um, so for example, like with the, with shoulder pain, um, to add to what Steve was saying, how you have to find the imbalances just because you're getting pain in the, in the bicep tendon area doesn't mean there's something wrong with your bicep tendon or the bicep tendon. That's where you're feeling the pain, but the issue is not necessarily coming from there. Yeah. Maybe your tendon is inflamed, but something else within the structures is going on. That's causing the pain to come out in that way. That's why it's important to consult a professional in order to figure out what, uh, what the actual cause of the issue is. And, and anecdotally, I mean, on myself, I've noticed when I do focus on strength, specifically, let's say I'm doing bench or rows it's in the same plane, um, I find a severe, um, you know, just loss of T-spine mobility. So what are yep. some things that we can do to keep the, the, the thoracic spine moving properly to, in turn, keep shoulder health moving properly, which down the road will you know, have effects positively on your heart health, just little things to keep the system in line. I think the biggest thing is to try stop texting 24 hours a day and be on your laptop 24 hours a day and watching TV 24 hours a day. Oh, it, come on. It's so fun. Oh, I know. Right. But that's the thing is that people spend so much time in a flex position. Yeah. Bending your spine is absolutely an amazing thing to do. But staying in one position for all day is not necessarily a good thing. Right. Uh, and, and a bad posture's got a really bad rep. You can stay in a really bad posture, but you're going to want to try and do the opposite posture as well. And that's kind of the key thing is that 
you can have horrible posture and be in absolutely zero pain and you can be in perfect posture and be in a lot of pain. So it's not necessarily about just posture. It's actually about movement rather than being uh, stagnant at all the time. So going to your T-spine mobility stuff, typically people don't do extension very uh, well because they never do it. Right. Right. You know, as a little kid, you watch TV, you're on your stomach, you're propping up in your elbows and you're just sitting there kind of watching or you're reading a book or coloring or whatever. When do you ever do that as an adult? ever right right it's something that's so simple but we do all the time as a kid so that's thoracic and lumbar extension so that's where doing little bits and often is really key versus trying to force it in like a five minute window of just trying to crank your spine backwards but you spend the rest of the you know 23 hours and 55 minutes in a flex position you're you're fighting a losing battle right Right, so little bits and often all the time works well. And for shoulder health, guys, are you um, proponents of just sleep on your back? Sleep and whatever feels comfortable. Right, okay. Sleep is important. That's when your body resets, right? So if you are uncomfortable on your back, do, do not sleep on your back. If you feel comfortable, go for it. When it comes to the shoulders, uh, from someone who had I, – I played rugby for a whole season once and – I had crazy shoulder impingement bilaterally before I knew um, what was going on, but I couldn't sleep on my shoulders. I'd wake up in so much pain. So I had to maneuver that. And I was like, well, if I continue to wake up in pain, obviously I'm doing something wrong, right? right? A, I'm staying in the same position for seven hours. So the non-movement thing, my joints aren't lubricated, the pain. So I had to move on to my back. And once I moved on to my back and actually was able to rehab my shoulders properly, I was then able to sleep on my shoulders again. For sure. So I find some people, I tell them, I'm like, please, please change your sleeping position. And they look at me like, that's impossible. And I'm like, I, it's not forever. It's just while we manage this. Well, it's the little things, right? People, people, that, I mean, that's a really free piece of advice that might get looked past, but that's the piece of advice you need to be taken. Mm-hmm. I tell people that every day. Absolutely. Steve, do you have anything to add over the shoulder? Um, no, I think that's kind of the, the main without getting to a specific condition exactly, and stuff yeah. like, I mean, you, you guys talk about impingement stuff, but like they, there's a lot more research coming out now about like impingement, how it's actually not a bad thing. Like people have impinging. The big thing that they talk about impingement is the bursa mainly. And then the rotator cuff, but you what your shoulder does is you move, move through a uh, fully flexed position, like a snatch mm-hmm. um, that f- like full overhead position you're impinging structures all the time, 100%. but it's just that they're not sensitive in that position at that time. If you do it at a really rigorous time and you keep doing it, it can get sensitive. And that's when symptoms come of pain and that kind of stuff from overuse. So the, right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's where you want to try to just not over overuse it and piss things off too much essentially. Yeah. And just even, even a simple training tip is just everyone seems to be a stimulus monkey. Like if they're going six, seven times a week, they think that's what's going to keep them, them healthy long-term, but even training three, four times a week properly and giving yourself the time to actually recover is going to benefit you more than just constantly pressing that button, like a mouse for water. You know what I mean? The, the Absolutely. Yep. So, and then uh, a nice segue here into our last topic of the the podcast is just our definitions of health they're always changing and they're always being skewed by um what's in the media and what's on facebook and and people are people are looking for credible people to give um just honest information so when i think of health for me i know i just wrote a little list down here so 
things I, that come to my mind for my view of health is things like VO2 max, your anaerobic capacity to do work, mobility, nutrition, sleep, stress maintenance, which is the mindset stuff and, and, and healthy coping strategies, just um, being in tune with who you are and just caring about yourself. But, um, you know, this podcast is to collaborate and get ideas from other people. So when you guys think about your perfect health model and, and what you live your life by, what does it look like? Um, I think what you did, Zach, was awesome when you say you wrote a list. I think my advice would be to everybody individually to write a list, what health means to them, uh, and then kind of go from there. Well, yeah, we'll have a lot of the similar things, right? Obviously, nutrition, movement, doesn't even have to be going to the gym, but movement of any kind um, is definitely good for the soul. And, and trying to, my biggest thing is I, I'm a constant, you guys know this, but I'm constantly trying to feed my brain and fuel my brain and understand my brain. And how to make it function with me and stop functioning against me like they've been designed to do um, through just everyone's upbringing in society. It is difficult to control your thoughts. Um, So that's something I take very seriously and I work with every day in life and in business and in therapy. Um, But health, health means to me is just doing things that make you feel good. And that includes your environment, surrounding yourself with people that make you feel good, putting good things in your body that make you feel good. I think that's the, uh, the general kind of idea of health and to put kind of just topping on the cake there. Like pain is a thing that does happen from injury, but I just want people to know that they don't have to be in pain forever Yep. and maybe stop thinking that way just because you have pain. It can, you know, you just maybe have to find the right system and the right education in order to get through it. Absolutely. And that just to kind of go off that a little bit, the, uh, documentary Heal talks about that, the placebo effect. Uh, most people have heard the placebo effect before, the, the idea of positive thoughts produce uh, positive chemicals, produce positive results. So they get a, a sugar pill, but they think they're getting medication, so they improve. But the, the opposite of that is not very talked about at all, is those negative mindsets and those negative thoughts produce negative chemicals, produce negative results. Mm-hmm. So people think in that they're in pain and that they have a chronic back pain for 25 years. They can never get better. Or I've had knee pain for uh, 30 years. I can never get better. Or uh, the shoulder pain is never going to get better. All those negative thoughts and that saying, oh, it's just pain. or just arthritis. There's so much you can do for that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. especially for the chronic pain stuff. Motion is lotion. You guys always talk about. Like, there's so many good things you can do for that. Mm-hmm. And, and just to even piggyback on that, it's the same with nutrition. There's, a, there's such a mm-hmm. fine balance with nutrition whether just the quality of food aside, if you, a lot of people struggle with like what they put in their body and it doesn't become just an experience for them. It becomes um, a thing they're thinking about all day. They're, they may have anxious personalities and they might have a little bit of uh, an eating disorder because they weren't properly educated on why and what they need to eat. So um, placebo effect or not, it's also really important to just like say nice things to yourself throughout the day and when you're eating. And if you're somebody that's struggling with food and nutrition, um, definitely just try to be a little bit kinder to yourself. That would be my only piece of advice for, uh, Oh yeah. For that. Absolutely. Talk for sure. Whenever, uh, I was studying for my master's in physio, we talked about different kind of models of treating people. And the older style model was the biomedical model where basically your body's like a machine. So, we compare it to like cars, you know, you put good fuel into the car, it performs better. You know, there's a, uh, the alternator, the battery's gone, you replace that and then you're good to go. Your body's not that way. Your body has so much more in, uh, involved in the whole process. So like the biopsychosocial model yes. of, of treating and understanding how the body works, like your, 
your mental health will have a, such an impact on your physical health as well as your social health will have a huge impact as well. Mm-hmm. So this biopsychosocial model of everything encapsulating together is so important. Yeah. We're consumers, right? We're constantly consuming things. Yeah. So make sure you're consuming the right things in your mind and your body. Yeah, sure. And do you guys have anything else here before we sign off? Oh, you know, we can talk all day. <laughs> yeah. What talk do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to see, uh, so Ash, if Podium, Podium Sports Therapy and Wellness Center, you guys are open for business. When are you opening? We are open for emergencies only for now. We don't have a start date yet, but it's, it's coming. I can feel it. And could, yeah. you, uh, could you just give us some context into what qualifies as an emergency for the, for the community? So emergencies only are, you know, you can't, you can't sleep. Your sleep's being affected. Therefore, pain continues to get worse. Uh, you cannot work. That's an issue. And your pain is about a 7 out of 10 or higher. That's kind of our guidelines for an emergency. We, if you do not qualify for the emergencies, we are offering virtual therapy with our, uh, our one and only Steve Craig physiotherapist. So um, we are able to help the community in both ways. And then as soon as we know of the official start date, we will let everyone know. And there you have it, guys. This was season two, episode nine of Athletic Insights. Steve and Ashley, thank you so much. Thanks so much as well. And we're out.